This is the Scale with Psychology podcast, where you're going to optimize your psychology to exponentially scale your business and become the ultimate version of yourself. I'm your host, Ani Manian, widely known as the Mind Whisperer and trusted advisor and psychedelic therapist to the world's top entrepreneurs and leaders. And I believe that entrepreneurship is a mental game. And the main constraint in any business is not the strategies and tactics, but the psychology of the founder. And with each episode, I'm going to help you take your life in business to levels you never thought possible. If you're ready to play the game of life and business in God mode, then this is the podcast for you. Hello, beautiful people. I want to talk to you about something that's really, really, really simple. But often in life, simple does not equal easy. <laughs> and this very, very simple act, this very, very simple state of being can completely transform your experience of life, your experience of reality. It can bring to you pretty much anything on the outside in your external reality that you might seek. You know, some people talk about manifestation and, you know, using things like the law of attraction and things like that. But the truth is, those laws and those principles are always in effect whether we are consciously applying them or not. And this is like gravity, right? Gravity works regardless of whether we're conscious of it or not. And most of the time we're not conscious of it. But most of the time we're unconsciously acting in accordance with that principle. And so just like that, this idea of self-love, this state of being in relationship with yourself in a way that exudes love is really the most powerful state of being you can embody. You know, most people, they spend their entire life thinking not so nice things about themselves. And they may not say these things out loud, but their self-talk, the way they talk to themselves, the voice inside their head is often really harsh. It's often really critical. It's often punishing. It uses tricks like shame and guilt and unworthiness and inadequacy. And it uses fear. It uses all these devices that create divisiveness within ourselves. So what happens when we talk to ourselves, when we think about ourselves in this way, is that we create separation within ourselves. We create fragmentation within ourselves. We literally become fragments. So rather than feeling whole and perfect and divine, rather than feeling worthy, full of love and just peaceful, we feel like we're being split into a million different pieces. And we spend our whole life searching for this state of wholeness, for this state of oneness. And we seek it outside, but what we're really in search of is that state within us. It's that state of unification within us. It's that state of 
love and acceptance and friendship within us. But society and well-intentioned but misguided parents often condition us right from childhood using performance standards, performance expectations. You know, if you act like this, you'll receive love. And if you don't, or if you do these other things, then you'll be othered. You'll be shamed, you'll be guilted, you'll be punished, and you'll be told that you're a bad person. I mean, we even do this to dogs, right? It's so embedded in our psychology. It's so embedded in our society. And, you know, most people, when they look in a mirror, when they look at their own reflection in a mirror, what they see are the blemishes, what they see are the imperfections. And so I want to invite you, maybe just for five minutes or five hours or just a day, to take a, a break from this ceaseless, endless, relentless self-criticism. And I want to make this idea of self-love really accessible. So it doesn't have to be this big, grand thing, right? That is the culmination of a long, arduous, spiritual or personal growth journey. What if self-love was just being in a state of acceptance with whatever is here right now? What if the only thing you needed to do was stop resisting any aspect of yourself? And this could be an aspect that is physical, right? Any physical aspect of yourself, the way your body looks, the way your body feels, maybe the pain that is present in certain parts of your body, maybe the way your face is shaped or the way your hair looks. It's accepting the emotional aspects of you, the feelings and emotions that are present in you right? The mental aspects of you. Maybe there's some anxiety, maybe there's some stress, maybe there's some, you know, mental pressure that's demanding all of your mental energy to be concentrated in this one place where perhaps your mind thinks it needs to solve a certain problem or create a certain outcome or ensure a certain thing happens in the future right or maybe you're living in the past maybe you're still thinking about something that happened in the past maybe it was five minutes ago five hours ago 50 years ago right what if you could give all of that a break what if you could just stop resisting any activity that's happening in the space that you are because you are not this activity you're not that thought you're not that sensation, you're not that perception, you're not that thing that happened to you two years ago. And you're also not this body, you're not this blemish, this imperfection, this, you know, fat, this uh, scar. And you're not this emotion either. You're not that anxiety, you're not that stress. You're not that fear. You're not that doubt, you're not that feeling of emptiness or fragmentation. You are the space in which all of these experiences are, are unfolding. So just like a room, the room that you might be in right now allows everything that's in the room 
to just be. Just like the, the space in the room refuses to resist the sofa or the table or the carpet. It just allows those things to be. It doesn't try to change them. The space in the room isn't trying to change the color of the sofa. It's not trying to make it a little bit taller and a little bit less fluffy. It doesn't make demands of the objects in the room, needing them to be different so the space in the room can be the way it is. Just like that, what you are is that space. And just like the sofa in the room can never touch, can never change, can never affect the space, no experience you've ever had can ever touch or change or break or damage any aspect of who you are because who you are is like the empty space in the room. You're just the space in which all your experience unfolds. And this is particularly relevant to me today. It's, it's, it's on my heart, it's in my heart because this past weekend I hosted um, a transformational retreat um, with psychedelics for a group of women and they'd experienced some, some pretty challenging things in their life. And they'd experienced, you know, what we call trauma, a lot of, um, you know, experiences that left them feeling less than, that left them feeling shattered, that left them feeling broken, that left them feeling like there is no way back to wholeness. There is no way back to peace. And I think this message just begs repeating over and over again because we forget and that forgetting is innocent. It's really important that we don't shame ourselves or guilt ourselves or punish ourselves for forgetting who we really are. Because that's the veil, that's the illusion. The illusion is that we are this body and the limitations of the body as well, that we are, you know, these thoughts and these emotions. We are the things that we believe we are, right? The, this sense of a personal identity. The thing is, all of these things are rooted in separation. They can only exist in separation because for something to exist, exist means to stand out. It must stand out. And so just the fundamental idea of identifying with our thoughts, with our feelings, with our emotions, with our beliefs about who we are, what we're good at, what we're not, how much money we make and you know all of these sort of material things that we spend so much time thinking about it keeps us rooted in this feeling of separation it keeps us rooted in our suffering because all of our suffering is a product of this fundamental orientation towards this idea of me being a separate self that i'm different from you and because I'm different from you, I, you know, have my own set of needs and I need constant approval and I need constant, um, you know, belonging and I need constant control because if I, you know, if I'm not in control, then I'm not influencing my future. And this is all an activity of what is known as the ego. And the ego is actually nothing. There is no such thing as the ego. You can't touch it. Right? You can't feel it. The ego is just a collection of, of thoughts and feelings and perceptions that you've encapsulated to be you. 
right? You've given it a name. You said, this is me, this is Ani, and, you know, this is how tall I am, and, you know, all these attributes. And then we decide that that's who we are. But any such belief, any such decision, any such narrowing of the pure space of infinite possibility that you are is really an act not of self-love, right? Not of self-acceptance, not a celebration of the grandiosity of who you are, which is pure consciousness, pure presence. It's a kind of othering. And the ego can never be fully satisfied. The ego, for the ego, something is never not enough. The, the ego never feels enough. The ego always feels inadequate. There's never enough money. There's never enough control. There's never enough security. And it needs constantly to be fed, right? Often with attention. And so your attention is the most valuable currency you have. And when you put your attention on these egoic thoughts that are rooted in separation, you live in a state of separation. And you live in a state of separation from yourself, from your essence. And that self, that essential self that you are, is inherently happy, it's in, inherently peaceful, it's inherently perfect and whole. But the only thing that takes us away from this divine perfection from this divine peace and wholeness is our thinking right so when you unpack what the ego is it's just a collection of thoughts and what are thoughts can you touch your thoughts can you touch a thought can you can you feel a thought do you know what a thought is made of no right because what the thought is is made of the same thing that you are it's made of knowing. And who you are is this feeling of knowing. And as you hear my voice and as you look into my eyes and as you see me, you recognize that same knowing that pours out of my eyes, that pours out of your eyes. And this is consciousness knowing itself. And this is the root of why we are cast in the spell of separation. Because without the separation, there wouldn't be this concept of you or me, right? And without, a without the other, without this concept of the other, there wouldn't be the opportunity to have um, the phenomenon of observing. See, I can only observe something that is far away from me, right? Like this tree, I can look at this tree and I can see it because there's a distance separating us. And that's the separation. When that distance is completely collapsed, then I can't see it because, and you know this because try and see your own eyes using your own eyes, right? The eye can see anything around it except itself. And that is why this is so hard because realizing the truth, the essence of who you are, is like the eye trying to see itself. And if we lived in that state, there wouldn't be any, any experience because to have experience, to know something, there needs to be the separation. So this separation is the reason, or the reason why the separation exists is so that we may know ourselves. And that's why other people are so important. 
and I say other people in air quotes because there is no other, right? Just like there is no real separation within you except the separation you create with your thinking and that leads to this lack of self-acceptance. There is no real separation in the world because everything in the world is a projection of your own awareness, of your own consciousness, of your own thinking, of your own mind, right? That's why they say sometimes that the world is me pushed out. So why do we fall into this trap of separation? Why do we other ourselves? Why do we, you know, despise ourselves? And why do we find this uh, kind of inner fracture within ourselves and outside? Because think about the violence that happens in the world, the wars that are fought, the greed, the inequality. You know, as a species, the violence that's inside us is played outside us, right? It's the same thing. So to end the violence outside, we have to end the violence inside. And we have to recognize that the purpose of separation, the reason why you appear different to me, is so that I may know myself through your eyes, or you may know yourself through my eyes, right? That's why everyone in, in your world, in the universe, everything around you is a mirror for you. It's a tool by which you come to know yourself. And that's what we call self-realization. You realize your true nature. You realize who you actually are. And when you realize who you actually are, you realize yourself as the space of infinite consciousness within which all your experience arises. And when you do that, then awareness becomes aware of itself. Awareness knows itself. And when awareness knows itself, there is complete peace, there is complete happiness, joy, flow, well-being, and presence. Because in that state, the focus of my attention is not on the objects in my attention, right? In my experience. It's not on this thought that I'm not good enough. It's just on this idea that I, it's on an experience, it's a knowing that I am, I exist, right? And that's what we see when we look into another human being's eyes or any other animal's eyes as well. It's this knowing that, hey, you exist, right? You exist. That's why we can look at a baby that doesn't have a sense of self, that has no, that has no thinking, right? There's no conscious thought. There's no activity going on. And we see life, right? We see life because that's what life is. Life is this acknowledgement that the same awareness that is looking out through your eyes is looking out through my eyes. And when I recognize that, then there is awareness seeing itself in a different form. So, while this happens outside, it also happens inside. So the invitation to you is to embody this understanding as a practice of radical self-love. So can you love yourself in spite of everything that might be present? In fact, can you just accept every aspect of yourself, how much money you make, how rich you are, how poor you are, how much you weigh, how much you're in shape or out of shape, how um, anxious you are, stressed you are, how depressed you are. Um, can you accept everything that's happened to you in your entire life? 
Can you just release the desire to resist or change any aspect of yourself? And you can try that right now. Just take a minute or even five seconds and give your thinking a rest and just allow, just like the space in the room allows all the objects to be there. Just allow everything that's ever happened in your life to just be, to not change it, to not resist. And when you do that, you'll realize how inherently peaceful your nature is how in inherently well and whole and perfect and beautiful you truly are. And this is in the background of the experience. This is in the background of that thinking, of that feeling. And this never goes away. You were born this way. You were born as this pure awareness that is evolving and growing and learning about itself, right? And along the way, you got confused because it really looked like, you know, those other people are different. They're other than you. And there's parts of you that you don't like. And you must, you know, try and change that because you have to create, you have to find, you have to perfect yourself, you have to fix yourself, you have to mend yourself so you can actually get to that place where you feel good enough, where you feel, you know, whatever enough, insert inadequacy of the day here. But it's that striving, it's that seeking, it's that relentless searching that keeps you from the thing you want in the first place. Because the thing that you want is actually right here in the present moment. The thing that you want is actually what you are. It's not this thing outside you, it's what you're made of, right? And when you realize, when you notice that the thing that you want, the thing that you're seeking, and I say a thing, you know, just to communicate, but it's not actually a thing. It's really a state of being, right? Because every single person in the world is searching for that state of being, where they're peaceful, happy, blissful, you know, in a state of flow with the circumstances of their life, right? That has always been here and it will always be here. And there is nothing you need to do. There's no amount of money you need to make. There's nothing you need to go out there and prove. There's no love you need to win and secure and tie down. It's just here. It's just an allowing. So can you today just allow your inherent perfection to be? Can you find the perfection in your imperfections? Can you love the parts of yourself that are the most challenging to love? Can you breathe in love into parts of your body that you spent your whole life hating or othering? Can you fill every one of the 40 trillion cells that make up who you are with love, with that energy? Because that is the most powerful frequency. Because you are a frequency. You are not matter, right? You think you're this like solid being, but you're not because most of the space inside an atom is empty. 
And if you take out the empty space, you can basically take all of humanity and squish it together and it'll form the size of a sugar cube. You are vibrating energy and energy has a frequency, right? And the frequency of self-love, of self-acceptance, of wholeness is the most powerful frequency you can imagine. Because when you love yourself, when you accept yourself, when you allow yourself to be exactly as you are, then that's what's reflected back to you in the outside, in your external world, in your universe. That's how other people treat you. That's how the universe treats you. And I say that again just for the sake of language because the universe isn't, you know, this other person deciding how to treat you. That's another fallacy that we grew up thinking. So what you're embodying inside, the way you think about yourself, the way you feel about yourself, the way you act with yourself, right, is how the world around you treats you. So rather than spending all this time, energy, effort, trying to change the world outside, can you change your inside world? Can you invite more compassion and more kindness into the darkest aspects of who you are? Into the most traumatic experiences you've ever had? And can you bathe your trauma with the light of your awareness that is loving, that is kind, that is compassionate? Can you allow this gentleness to infuse every cell in your body? Can you allow yourself to rest as this loving, kind, peaceful awareness? And as you do this, the world around you responds. The world around you responds by bringing to you the things that make you feel the same way. And that may come in the form of more money, more friends, more loving text messages from people you care about, more joy, more happiness, and it becomes a vicious cycle. And you are the, at the center of this vortex, this vicious cycle, this hurricane of goodness. You're the creator of it. And you're incredibly powerful. But all your power can only be expressed in the present moment. And it can only be expressed with conscious awareness, right? Because when you're not aware of who you are, of what you are, then all this energy, all this potential gets trapped and it gets refracted through this sense of limitation. And most people, they spend their entire lives confined in this way, in this limited sense of who they are, because they're constantly creating separation within themselves. And they're cutting off things that are possible for them, right? So can you allow yourself to step outside the prison of your own thinking, the prison of your own suffering, by noticing that the bars of this prison, the walls of this prison cell are actually a hologram. Those limitations, those bars, those walls that look really solid are actually a, a holographic projection of your own thinking, of your own mind.
And can you allow yourself to just test the waters, just put your finger through and see that it just goes right through? And can you find the courage to step through to the other side where everything you seek, where everything that you want is already here? It's already here for you. You don't need to earn it. You don't need to work for it. There's nothing you need to do to deserve it because, I mean, that concept itself is, is ridiculous because you couldn't possibly deserve it any more or any less because you are it. You are everything and you are infinitely powerful. So I invite you today to become the creator of your own life, to become the creator of the entire universe by inviting self-love as a practice into your life. So try it and let me know what you think. I love you so much. And remember that you are absolutely limitless. There is nothing that you can't do. And everything you want is right here waiting for you. I love you. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you found value, please consider leaving a five-star review to allow the show to reach more people or share this episode via your social media channels. If you're an entrepreneur and want support in exponentially scaling your business, email me at ani at animanian.com. Thank you.